a legend returns to beat up some baddies and save some children in Gamera Reaper. That was pretty good. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast, Alex. The bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. Maybe not quite as weekly as we used to be, but we're still talking about the movies. This week, we've got Gamera Rebirth, meaning we have six episodes of content to fit into one episode, Alex. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. I debated on all these different ways to maybe structure the episode. Like, should we do it uh, like we do when we do like a recap? Um, mm. Should we do like like since every episode has a new monster? Well, for the most part, mm-hmm. should we do it that way? And then I said, Nah, let's just do what we usually do. <laughs> yeah, we we've done this before. <laughs> we have done this before. We have right um, where we've reviewed series. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into some different pieces of of uh, episodes that we liked versus didn't like. But yeah, let's let's jump into it uh, because I do think we have plenty to say. Oh yes, of course. It's been almost 20 years since Gamera the Brave was released. Since then, fans have been clamoring for more, but to no official avail until 2023's Gamera Rebirth. A rebirth, yes, and a reboot of the Gamera series as an animated Netflix miniseries. But let's start broad here, Alex. Does the title Rebirth sum up the show, or does the animation style block the flow? I was worried, Eric. When I first saw the trailer for this, I was worried, because the big poster said... uh Gamera versus five kaiju or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, is each episode just going to be the same and culminate mm-hmm. into the same thing for five episodes? Are they going to be stitched together? Like, what, what's what's this going to be? Are they going to be short films? Mm-hmm. After watching the show, I can happily say, I think Rebirth is probably a fitting title for the show. I feel like... It understands Gamera to a T. Hmm. Especially the Showa-era kid element. Except here, they're in, the children's involvement makes more sense. And their contributions to the ongoing conflict make more sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Jim, okay? But <laughs> I like how important the kids are. Instead of being something of a Gamera cheerleader uh, mm. that somehow Gamera connects with because they saved a turtle once and now he just magically does whatever they tell him throws a right hook when they tell him to uh, I'm relieved that that is no longer the case and we get really good kid characters here not that we didn't back then but hit or miss sometimes honestly I think this is kind of the perfect step in between Showa and Heisei Gamera. The stories are... The stories are bigger in Showa. I think they're very grand. 
Whereas the themes are much are really deep in Heisei uh, mm-hmm. and darker. And I think this is like a perfect little middle ground of like these big bombastic conflicts with goofy monsters. Except for, you know, that they have more of that Heisei realism and brutality. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that Showa was shy on the brutality aspect, no, but, no. <laughs> but, but it also had a little bit of a lighter tone a lot of the times, too. Yeah. Uh- it's interesting that you say all of that, Alex, because I agree. For me, <laughs> Gamma Rebirth is a rebirth in multiple ways. I'm not sure how other fans have reacted to the series at all, but I think Rebirth feels more like Showa Gamera than Heisei Gamera in several different ways. It's almost as if the creators said to themselves, let's take the seriousness of the Heisei trilogy and combine that with some of the themes and tropes of the Showa series, and let's make a miniseries, which, for the most part, I'm pleased to say, works. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got conspiracies, a la Gamera versus Virus. We've got chases, a la Gamera <laughs> versus Zygra. And we've got this story that focuses on a group of kids, right? right. Uh, which just feels very Showa Gamera to me. Now, I've got some criticisms which uh, I'll get into. But as far as the storyline and connections are concerned, the only real piece we're missing here, and it is a major piece, Alex, is Space Women. I really hoped that they would feature, at least in the post credit scene. Just give me one. Just give me... You don't even need three. I just need one Space Woman. Singular. (laughs) Maybe that's who Joe's with at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's who saved Joe. That's, that's who, who saved, saved Joe. Joe. Oh my gosh, we figured it out. That's how, that's how Joe is alive. Yeah. The space woman rescued him. Yes. Yes. Oh, Great. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> I was thinking originally we might have to wait for the big finale of season two for that, but maybe oh, yeah. that as soon as this no. jumps off, we're gonna see them carrying Joe to safety. See. That was a lingering question that I no longer have. So I'm about ready to up my rating of this, this uh, series. That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully that whole element is just going to be out of this world, you know? Uh, <laughs> we just certainly... have to dance. We have to have the dance and the transformation. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be titillating for sure. Um, so, <laughs> so far, it sounds like we are pretty much on the same page. Uh I, I know one of the frequent complaints about this is that it could be divisive, like the animation style. But just like the Godzilla trilogy, I think it works for me. I appreciate the m- more attention to character differentiation. So I'm never getting anybody mixed up. Everybody looks different. I really appreciate that. Uh, that one change from the Godzilla trilogy. But again, just like that series, the action scenes are spectacularly done. They're like these really cool visual feasts with all these particle effects and all these things happening that really convey the weight and destruction of these cr- that these creatures are capable of. Yep. Some of the fights do end a little suddenly. With new abilities we've never seen before, which is almost a camera staple at this point. But really, overall, I'm digging the action scenes. They're really uh, emotional and impactful, uh, even if they are over a little too quick. The other thing that I'm enjoying here 
is the characters. This the, this little foursome of kids is like this excellent stew hitting all the popular uh, summer kid movie tropes <laughs> and notes, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 summer. It's our last summer before we separate. Oh, we're all so different, but we're still friends somehow. Like yeah. we, we, <laughs> I love that it's just this formulaic type of thing. But the movie, but with the background of a kaiju movie, yeah, and all these many life or death scenarios, and you really buy that these kids are friends. Um, and when they b- butt heads, it, f- it feels natural because they are all so different. Um, it's cool. T- it's cool to see all these characters interacting. Now, they aren't the only only characters that I like. There's two other characters who are Taziki, who I liked. And then I didn't when he was having all of his like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. it was funny, like the his claustrophobia. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was funny, but it went on for two episodes, so it kind of made yeah. him a little like uh, this is kind of getting annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they very quickly take that back and make him interesting again. Yep. And then the other character, Amiko. Amiko is kind of an interesting character in some ways. Um, I like that she like is like kind of in on the adventure of these kids. She seems like hearted and all this stuff, but then things change once Giron attacks. And I like that she's evil, but mm-hmm. I wish there was something earlier that could that we could have pointed to afterwards and been like, ah, mm-hmm. she revealed herself a little earlier, and maybe we didn't realize it. Yeah, but that was actually a hint that maybe she's not so nice. But we don't get that. Instead, the uh, episode description of episode uh, five ruined the plot twist for me also. And... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because it says, Emiko reveals her plans. And it's like, oh, so she's a bad guy. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, so instead, we get this really quick heel turn for her. And it's just out of nowhere and then suddenly she went from like this fun lovable character to this psychopath um because it wasn't like she kept acting like she was her personality actually changes um when she becomes evil and it's not i don't believe i don't know eric if you agree i don't believe it's because now we're looking at her through a different lens nope i think she just actually changes I'm glad you have the same criticism because it's one of mine for sure. But uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll touch on a couple of my criticisms. But as I do, I'll also be praising the series for some things it does right because it just contrasts with a couple things that it does wrong. I think the first episode does a fantastic job of establishing that relationship between Joe and Boko and this never ending summertime tone <laughs> that oozes with nostalgia. Right Yeah. now, the 3d animation isn't my favorite, just like it wasn't my favorite in the Godzilla trilogy or the Ultraman series. I mean, I think you got to look at something like Gridman, right? To see a, hey, you can, you can do a more traditional anime style and pull it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the execution of that tranquil setting in the first episode helps hold the episode together. With that said, I'm still a bit confused by the tone of this thing. I mean, if this is a series meant for kids, 
there's a lot of language in this thing and some serious thematic scenes and a lot of violence. I watched the first couple episodes with Theo and he liked it, but I just decided to watch the rest because of some of the content. (coughs) Now, I mentioned the connection to the Showa series, and it's funny, Alex, because we we actually said the same thing about the Showa Gamera series. It was meant for kids, but dang, there's some serious violence. Uh, Remember the brain surgery? Be there. Oh yeah, there's some intense pieces in that Gamera series, so it probably shouldn't come as a surprise. So in that sense, it nails the tone, right? <laughs> um, but yes, to get back to what you were saying. My main criticism is Emiko's turn and character. I just don't think we get hints at it. Normally, you're pretty good at picking up on those things. I'm okay at picking up those things. The only hint we really get is that she has zero anxiety about the fact that Zygra, for example, is about to destroy her ship. Oh, yeah. Now, I kind of like the whole Foundation storyline because it is outlandish in a very Gamera-esque <laughs> sort of way. But I wish it was incorporated more throughout instead of seemingly thrown in in the last couple episodes. The episodes in general are just a bit too long for not having incorporated some of that content in throughout. Mm, yeah. I think you I think you might be right. I, I, I'm of two minds about that. I like that when the heel turn does come, that there's that revelation that the whole time they're working with people that are trying to destroy the world. And then, of course, then you reveal the grand scheme that's all around them. I like that, but I also think you're kind of right that we could have maybe learned a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. They do set up the ominous, like, four four silhouettes on the screen. They do a lot of that stuff. It's like it's clear that there's something going on uh, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with, the, with when the Foundation reveals itself because it's this big turn of events um that the the kids are actually the whole time working to just be fed to this monster instead of getting to safety um and there are some other elements of the foundation that are a little silly like they have a backup 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 plan um (laughs) when things go around like zegra will or uh virus will destroy the world and then they're like just kidding that gauss we left behind is gonna do it just kidding. We planted this thing in camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's a little goofy, but it it, it kind of works out because their plan doesn't go the way they want it to. And then they get that awesome moment. That's just, just so cool where they get annihilated by Gamera uh, mm-hmm. from, by blowing a hole through the moon and they don't even see it coming. <laughs> it's so cool. I would have liked to understand their motives a little bit more. I think that's where I get hung up a little bit. Like, they felt a little mastermind for the sake of mastermind. I didn't understand why they wanted to cut down the population so much. I know yeah. that's I know what your objective was, but I didn't understand the reasoning why. Hmm. Like, I don't recall there being a moment of, like, it's overpopulated. Like, I guess that's probably part of it, but there was no nature type of thing or message right. with them. So, I, I don't really understand what their motive was. Um, if they were aliens, then I would have understood, you want to take over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But there were some weird, interesting character moments with them, with their back and forth with Amiko, and like there's like some sort of uh, family rivalry mm-hmm. going on, and then the 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 woman that's up in the on the moon base, she had some interesting character moments with Amiko as well, that yeah. I was really fascinated by, but it ends up not really mattering because it just gets annihilated by gamer at the end of the film so or the series so there's not really it's kind of pointless in some ways the other thing that i would hate to for forget to mention is that this actually and this is a good thing is that this thing has the single greatest kaiju military effort that we have seen from the two g franchises Godzilla and Gamera. This is my favorite military thing I've seen in any of them. The coronation during the final episode is like this perfect mashup of military plus kaiju plus main character versus evil kaiju that we've ever seen. (laughs) I really love it. Uh, The military effort is so tense. And I think that part of it that makes it work is this kind of goofy concept that I'm surprised worked for me. You know, each episode has this uh, army officer going and telling this like tank commander what happens. And that they're still on hold. Had a little bit of that Shin Godzilla vibe, right? That that we're stuck in red tape forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Little moment in each episode. But somehow, those brief little moments lead to you really caring about what happens to these two military personnel during the final battle where they're uh, taking uh, on a creature that they really have no hope of destroying by themselves. And it's really cool, and it really culminates in that moment where all the different factors are working together. The Japanese uh, head tank guy, that's what I'm going to call him, (laughs) The military, the American military coming in and doing the right thing. Uh, As opposed to the first episode. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like that culmination. I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought that was really cool too. I was like, man, they just have done like one scene with these characters in it for each episode. (laughs) And you're like, this is really random. But it led to something, right? Uh, and and I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for that. Uh, I just think it's it's it was really well done. I liked it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, my criticisms that I have, I, I don't want them to overshadow some of the amazing aspects of the show, um, like most of the monster battles, for example. The you mentioned this earlier, but the battles are just they're fresh. They feel weighty but dynamic, similar to Pacific Rim in a way, mm. but slightly more kinetic, like a blend between Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising in terms of Ooh, battle style. I like that, yeah. And these monsters, for the most part, are pretty cool reimaginings, with the exception, I would say, of Zygra, mm. who I thought was weak, and maybe even Gauss, who was less of a reinvention and more of a rehash of the Heisei trilogy Gauss, mm. which, which I'm okay with. Gamera himself was also awesome. The different powers he showcased were unique. I was afraid for a moment that he might not do his flying spin, but he did. And <laughs> I do wish the Gamera DNA foundation flipping idea where he turns evil for a second. I think that could have been played around with more uh, at some point, uh, even if it wasn't at the end. 
But overall, I'm pleased with Gamera as a monster in this series. He's animalistic, yes, but he has this real connection with Boko. A few more quick hitters before we jump to our awards, though, Alex. The submarine episode, that's just classic Gamera. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a submarine episode. Um, small details matter. Like the bite mark that shows up on Zygra after the battle in the water, mm-hmm. right? That's cool. Like those things are those things are small, but they're cool. The music in this thing stood out to me. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. When Gamera has an entrance, you know the music at this point, right? It's so good, um, and it was it was pretty cool. And then lastly, the gear on laugh just had me <laughs> chuckling, right? <laughs> it's so funny and they used it several like, times i was like this oh, is awesome yeah. it was awesome it was awesome uh so let's jump into our awards alex starting with compelling character who do you got i had to give it to our most selfless character and that's joe yeah joe he, he sacrifices himself for the greater good when the escape pod jams on the spaceship and so this little kid, I mean, what what are they, like 12, 10? Yeah, this little so kid makes the hard he's choice. Older. He's a little bit older, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So. He makes the hard choice, and he's like, oh, I'll uh, I'll go out and do it. And then you, he ejects the pod, and you see that little sad scene where you just see his eyes uh, as they float away from him. And it's like, oh, yeah. Joe. But then they didn't do the thing I kept waiting to happen, which was explode the ship. Uh, as they went away from him. And, then, ah! and so you, you knew like there's a chance that he's still around, right? Yes, but then but then you keep waiting for him to pop back up. Yeah. And then every time he doesn't, you're like, well, maybe he's really dead. And then the show mm-hmm. ends and you're like, oh, they really killed him. They just did it in a classy way. And then you get the mm-hmm. post credit scene. And it's like, no, he's with the space ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Eric? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it just this that just made me think about uh, you know <laughs> how Gamera. Most Gamera stories are these coming of age stories. Yeah, but um, Super Monster, Super Monster is is the true coming of age story yeah. that we all need. Talk about a uh, puberty film. <laughs> yeah, and. And this is no different, really. I mean, (laughs) it is a coming-of-age story, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But Super Monster, if you haven't hit puberty, you will when you watch that one. Yeah. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, My compelling character is Tazuki. Um, You mentioned him earlier, how you liked him, and then you didn't like him, and then you liked him again. Mm -hmm. And I had the exact same journey. (laughs) <laughs> with Tazuki as a character. And I do find him interesting. And I do like the post credit scene where he's trying his best uh, impression of Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. This is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny. But I think there are some implications there, right? I think that's going to be like if they end up with another series of the show, which I hope they do, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know, honestly. We'll We'll see. If they do end up with another series of this show, I think there will be some implications to that, even though it felt like a joke, right? Um, it does have like I this weird, might... dark undertone, though. It <laughs> does. It has a weird, dark undertone because he's messing with something that is otherworldly um, for his own power, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like what he is doing is 
creating something that is probably not great. Yeah, I could see aliens um, in the future weaponizing it and like controlling the population mm-hmm. or something, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We need to get. Uh, oof, man, remember how good our gamma movie ideas were on MVM Plus? Oh, we have great gamma movie ideas. <laughs> we they just I can't believe they didn't hire us for the series. <laughs> We would have done a fantastic job. We really would have. They'll hire us for the sequel. Yeah, they'll hire us for the sequel after they listen to this episode. Netflix, you can go ahead and send an email to mvmpod at gmail.com with a contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I So to go back to Tazuki, I, yeah, I liked his, his character arc because ultimately – you see his true, he doesn't obviously is claustrophobic, but you also see a, a character that talks a tougher game in some instances mm-hmm. than he actually is. Right. Um, and someone that he is great at his job. He does what he does pretty well uh, and can really kind of make people think that he cares about him. So he's a smooth talker yeah. uh, until he's backed into a corner and then he, you know, <laughs> uh cries in the corner but at the same time uh regardless he is uh someone that ended up caring for these characters and being a protector in a sense and had to rely also and be vulnerable and rely on on these children characters mm. to save him as well so Tazuki was a compelling character for me mm. yeah definitely liked him eric what's your most memorable line award you know I like lines that are a little meta, in a sense. And this line is meta, and it's from Junichi. I think it's in uh, episode two. Junichi says, I guess the legends will have to be rewritten. Uh, <laughs> which is just an on-the-nose about the series right. line. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what about you? Uh, mine was just a, a quick interaction between Baco and um, Joe. And it's like Gamera comes to save the day, and Baco says, uh, "He's protecting us." And Joe just goes, "No way!" And I'm like, "Buddy, he's done this like four times now. <laughs> 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 when are you gonna figure uh, it out?" Man, your child voice actor impressions were on point. Was too, it? By the way, was it as good as my Gamera impression at the beginning? No, it was not. It was not. You should have received the Can't Believe the Acting Award for that gamble oh, impression. But, uh, I can't wait to listen back to it have? and see how great it is. <laughs> who'd, who'd you have as your uh, Can't Believe the Acting Award, Alex? You know, I'm giving him all my other awards, so I figured I'd just go ahead and give him another one. I'm going to give Robbie <laughs> Damon as Joe. <laughs> I can't believe that acting award. I think he, I think this... Uh, this man, probably well into his 30s, does a really great job at being a small little boy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, he's uh, 41, so even better job. Yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> um, mine is Ryan Bartley as Boko. Uh, so it looks like we both watched the English version. Uh, I wouldn't have... If Theo didn't start the series with me, I probably would have watched Japanese. But I, I did think that Ryan Bartley as the lead Boko in this series 
that you had to put a lot of emotion into it to even come close to selling the emotion that was in the final episodes. And he did. So I got to give it to him. Uh, that was a, a solid performance. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, the English voice cast did an excellent job. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, that's a good shot award. What you got? Um, so mine honestly was going to be the exact same one as you, Eric, because it is just that good. But instead, I'll give it the Eric Award since you took mine. And I'm going to give it to Boko <laughs> sitting on the beach with the sunset in front of him yes. as he's sad and crying. Oh, that's great. Great. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of emotion from Boko. You're right. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. This character is... What I really appreciate about that character and the show is that they actually mourn. Especially yeah. him. Uh, the other character is a little less so. But yeah. Boko definitely mourns quite a bit. And I do appreciate that. Because mm-hmm. too many times yeah. we just skip by death in these movies. Yeah. Not here. Not, not, here, here. not here. What about you, Eric? Uh, What's your good shot award? Mine's the Gamera Moon Shot Award. Um, literally which is a literal (laughs) good shot award right yeah i mean i i think there's some sort of obviously homing capability that gamera has here in order to hit like the base at multiple levels straight through the moon Mm -hmm. uh pretty cool but yeah i mean obviously a literal level it's a great shot but also the pose that that gamera is making whenever it freezes up there is really cool. Yeah. The shot into space with the beam is awesome. Everything about that moment is just really cool. So I've I've got to give the oh that's a good shot award to Gamera. Mm, absolutely, that's that's the best one. Eric, what about your unique award? Yep. We got the same one. I copied you. <laughs> <laughs> Great, we can talk about it. It's, this is the best and worst monster battles um let's start with the worst i bet we have the same worst monster battle mm, okay uh for me it is zygra yeah i think i'll agree and i also, I also didn't mention this but i do agree that he's probably the worst redesign almost yeah. too too much wings too many wings um he, yeah, he needed some sharper edges and like, stuff yeah the face is just a gauss face and mm. It's just, it doesn't have any, it doesn't feel unique to me. Yeah, definitely the weakest. Um, in the battle... And then once it gets on land, once once, it, once it's on land, it's like one fireball destroys Literally, it. yeah. And you're like, uh, well, that was that great plan to get him on land because he obviously can't do anything. Yeah, he just needed to be on fire. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, the water battle is fun between the two, but... Once he gets on land, it's not good. I mean, it, it, again, it, it speaks to one of my complaints is that some of the fights just end a little too quickly. But yeah. I do think it, that yeah. makes up for that complaint a lot with the big final battle. Ooh, okay. So is that your favorite? Well, well, your well, uh, we'll keep battle? going. Uh, oh, wait, we're doing best and worst. So I would say, yeah, my favorite is the final battle. Like I said, that, that the synergy between the military, our main characters, and Gamera versus Mega Gauss, I think is yeah. it's just awesome. Super Gauss, S Gauss. Yeah. S Gauss. Um I 
really like the Jiger battle. Yeah, that's a good one I too. Think it is. I love Gamera's entrance there. It is epic. <laughs> like that to me is his coolest entrance. And it is that is the one that made me think like this is weighty but dynamic. Does he slide uh, in on that one? Yeah, I, I think that's the one where he does a slide, yeah. right? Which is awesome. Uh it Gamera's cool in this thing. He's like, so really, cool. Gamera's pretty cool. <laughs> uh so it, you've gotta love it. The first Gauss battle's awesome. The second battle with Jiger's awesome. Uh, Giron is really cool. Really cool uh, in a lot of ways. The battle wasn't quite as good. Um, hmm. But it was still really pretty cool. I mean, Gamera basically gets his arm cut off and impaled and still defeats him. Uh, it's just a quick ending. To, yeah. To, yeah what does he do? He gets him up in the air and slices him in half, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he does? Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> it was just quick. Um, and yeah. then Virus just yeah. gets obliterated. Yeah. Virus gets obliterated. So, um, yeah, there, there's a bunch of, of cool moments in this. I mean, not every battle can be as great as every other one, but I think my favorite is the Jiger battle. You know, I was... Uh, while I was watching, I was interested to see what... Because obviously they don't, they're not going to use all the monsters. <coughs> I assume no Heisei monsters other than Gauss. Uh, yeah. And so I was I was interested to see which one do they not use. And I was shocked that it was Baragon. That mm. was the one that was yeah. chosen not to be used. I mean, I get that he has like the mm-hmm. Rainbow Ray. But you could not use that. <laughs> and you could do other things. Season 2. Season 2, we're going to get our Heisei monsters and Baragon. That would be cool. And space. I'd be down for that. If oh, I'd be down for it. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. I'm mainly for the space women, but bear gone. Yeah. And Eric, you mentioned something earlier. I was gonna watch this with Gwen, because I saw some people being Mm -hmm. like, Yeah, this is my kids' first camera thing, and they loved it. And then I I was like five seconds in without Gwen. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's not happening. It's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be... If you watched it... Well, but, but Theo... Like, seriously, it's fine. Theo's a lot it's older, just, though. He is. I mean, yeah, he is. I I actually have no... He'd be okay watching it. I, I'd be okay with it. But I'm not... I wasn't going to, like, force him to watch it with me or encourage it. He He was into it. Um, but I was also like, okay, <laughs> like how old are these kids again? Like this, this is a little, uh, like some questionable stuff here. Yeah. I was surprised it was TV 14. Cause it's definitely got a lot of, it's got F bombs and everything. Like every episode. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. All right, Alex, that brings us to our final thoughts and tiered rating. Um, what you got? Yeah, this was a nice surprise for me, Eric. I I didn't expect a lot from it, I, and I I should have. Upon reviewing who made it, I should have expected it to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the directors of of the uh, Godzilla animated trilogy did this, mm-hmm. and so the director of that did Gamera. I should have known it was going to be good. Um, and so it was. It was very good. I, 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 from the characters to the fights to 
the music, uh, the sound effects, everything about this is like, it's kind of like I said when we talked about last week about the new MonsterVerse trailer. There's that there's that feeling of they get it, and that's what I had during the first episode of this. I was like, whoever is making this gets Gamera. They have a complete understanding of what this is, and that goes. They've seen more than Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yes. And they get it from beginning to end, which is even more impressive. Does it have a few things to criticize? Yes. But overall, I absolutely love this. To the point that I kind of want to rewatch it. If it wasn't going to be... I I love that these episodes are like 45 minutes, too. I expected them to be like 20. So, even better when I saw that. But this this camera is Godzilla tier, is what I'll say. And I can't recommend this enough. This is a uh, this is my favorite Gamera anything, which is high wow. remarks. But yeah, that is very high remarks. I don't think I can give it quite that high remarks. I like the Heisei trilogy still. I think uh, a little bit more. But what I think this does so well, I think it encapsulates some of the elements of the Showa Gamera series and puts them into a twenty twenty three form and flavor uh so i i'm a fan uh i think there's some criticisms about its character development with its main villain amiko uh i think the animation style i'm not a big fan of this animation style it does detract from me it works for the monster battles but this is a movie that or this is a series that also relied a lot on the human storylines and i don't think the animation works well for those human storylines um yeah, there are a couple of elements that I thought I wasn't quite sure totally what they were going for uh, because it seemed like it was either an adult series or a kid series and it couldn't make up its mind. Um, but with all that said, I mean, this is a great exhibition of what it means to be Gamera and a great introduction to the series for anybody that is wanting to get into Gamera or start off with something Gamera. I recommended it to a student that always walks in every single day, <laughs> Alex. He walks in watching little uh, giant monster or Jurassic Park clips on YouTube <laughs> on his phone. That's what he walks in every single day. He's watching Jurassic Park or Godzilla stuff what? on his phone. I said, yeah, oh yeah. I said, you've got it. I've told, I've told him about the podcast. <laughs> I said you've got to watch you've got to watch Gamera Rebirth. I think you'd really like it. So I'm hoping he checks it out soon, but we'll see. Mm, I hear you. I give this I give this a top tier Gamera tier for Gamera Rebirth. You disappoint me sometimes. Oh my goodness. That's okay. <laughs> well, Alex, like I've done we've done a couple times in the past. Artificial intelligence has been listening to oh, our no. conversation. And has created a synopsis of our review uh, for a Rotten Tomato esque consensus. I'm Are ready. It's <laughs> my AI. It, sound it was perfect. Right. That's exactly what AI sounds like. Gamma Rebirth successfully lives up to its title by revitalizing the Gamma series with a blend of Showa era charm and Heisei era seriousness. While the 3D animation style may not be to everyone's taste, the series excels in delivering spectacular monster battles, a nostalgic summer tone, and a compelling cast of characters. 
However, the tone can be inconsistent at times, veering between kid-friendly and more mature themes. The sudden character transformation of Amiko could have benefited from better foreshadowing, and the Foundation's motives remain somewhat unclear. Nevertheless, the series shines in its portrayal of military coordination during the final episodes, and Gamera's reimagining is a highlight, showcasing unique powers and a strong connection with Boko. Overall, Gamera Rebirth offers a fresh take on the iconic kaiju, with creative monster battles and memorable moments, despite some narrative hiccups. Four out of five stars. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> that was good. A little a long. Little a little less long for Rotten that. Tomato synopsis. Like, like the, the military <laughs> comment, I was like, yeah, I think you missed it a little bit, ChatGPT. I think you missed it a little bit. But overall, very good synopsis. Still uh, disturbs me somewhat. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, as always, you can uh, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can find the archive of past episodes and connect with us at our website, mvmpod.com, or follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive regular bonus content and our undying appreciation. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette, executive producer Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kamal Rockband for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't forget to include the space women. And try, and try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. That was pretty good.